Hey Curious Conneries, Dylan here. We just want to give you a heads up that the following program contains conversation relating to topics that may or may not include physical and sexual assault and self-harm and mistreatment of different cultures. We are in no way condoning these things. But given that Sean Connery has acted in films going back many years, they've tended to come up. To spin a phrase from Disney, many of these films include negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures that were certainly wrong then and are definitely wrong now. But rather than not discuss this content, we'd like to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and create conversation for a richer future. Stay curious, folks. And now, on to our show. Alrighty. So you were saying you had seen the remake, but not this one? Yeah, it's yeah. So I, I saw the original. Uh, sorry, the remake, and was always curious about the original. Uh, well, I didn't know there was uh, an original. I first, I first saw it. I was like, oh great! I, I love a good who done it, and this is really cool because then they have after that the sequel is uh, Death on the Nile, which that's a really great film too. Uh, so yeah, watching this, you kind of can't help but be like somewhat spoiled of what's going to happen. But I think you know ha- having the confusion of which character is who because they're you know different actors obviously uh it was interesting but i i, I yeah I, I still had a lot of fun though watching me it, too I, I had a lot of fun watching that and now we've left the movie theater and we're on the train <laughs> that's yes. the reason i keep coughing is because all the smoke <laughs> from this diesel train engine yeah, I didn't Oof. know. I didn't or coal burning? It's burning cold. It's burning cold. Now, unfortunately, we, the only, we have the only steam train that Amtrak is still running exactly. uh, to take us home from the movie, the movie theater. The New England Express. The New England Express. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, it looks like the train's about to take off. Let's see. And, uh, I, leave the runway uh. and start flying into the air, as trains do. Where where is our waiter? Because I have, I, I ordered five drinks and I only got four, and one, and one of, the of glass, them was chipped. One of the one of the glasses was chipped. I don't understand. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! This is crazy. Oh, there's our waiter now. Waiter. Yes. Uh, I'd like an explanation. It's like, sir, Mario, I, Mario, explain your, your situation. I, I ordered five drinks. Five drinks. Five, five Vesper Martinis. Five Vesper Martinis. <laughs> and I only have... You get very drunk with that, sir. Unfortunately. Well, with a train ride like this, I need to be drunk. This is extremely wobbly. It's cold outside. This is but not it's safe. warm inside the train. Why are you keeping the windows open? You're letting the heat out for everyone else, sir. <laughs> because, frankly, I can't breathe with all this smoke in here. My name's not Frank Lee. <laughs> and what is your name? Sean Connery. <laughs> Wait. Sean, are you are you really Sean Connery? Yes, I've I've taken up uh, waiting on trains. I thought you died a couple years ago. No, we're in the past. <laughs> oh, that's this is the past, don't th- you know? Oh, what that, year is it? Tell oh, me what year it is. It's, uh, uh, let me see. Oh, the newspaper right here. Uh, wait, it's, it's November fifth, nineteen thirty. I'll take it. That explains why the Wi-Fi is not working. I'll have three. <laughs> three what? Of that date. <laughs> anyway, right. you ordered Vesper martinis, and there's something wrong with them. Yes, I'm, I'm missing one Vesper. I, I, I ordered f- five, and I only got four. I thought you said it was chipped, or was it a glass full of chips? It was a glass full of chips. Ah, damn! Salt and vinegar? 
the English kind of chips too. They were French fries, very greasy. Oh, French fries, salt and vinegar. Salt, salt and vinegar, the best kind. Yes. I've noticed your compatriot here isn't saying anything. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, you don't need to apologize. Just wondering why you're so quiet. I've got nothing to say. Okay. Because he, he's enjoying his drinks that he has. Well, I'm glad they didn't skip out on straws in 1930. No, I'm just uh, just licking the rim of the <laughs> glass, slurping on it. <laughs> He's very weird. I wish he would stop doing that. I have well, stopped. Yeah, I'm not sure why he ordered uh, a salt and vinegar rim on his beverage. Oh, it appears we're about to go through a dark tunnel. Oh. Look out, everyone. Whoa, it's so dark. Oh, wow. All right, the light's back. Oh, my God, our waiter is dead. Oh, Mr. Connery, are you okay? He's dead, Mario. Uh, 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 He's been stabbed 12 times. How? And his head was cut off. (laughs) Oh, no. I think he's dead. Why is his head always getting cut off? Well, he's the Green Knight. Who's going to deal me my blow? That's true. Well, no, okay, this should be fine. It's, Mario, it's, I'm trying to reattach it. It's not working. Just, if we if we just stare it long enough, it should get back to his body like in Green Knight. Like I keep the pushing the head back onto the body. It's just squirting blood everywhere. It's not working. Maybe, maybe we should go. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's, back to the other cart? Yes. Hold on. Let me finish my, 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 my Vesper Martini. Uh, yeah, I'll help you. We paid for these drinks. We gotta finish them all. Okay, anyways, Alrighty. let's well, get out of here. You know, I think the, yeah, I think there's a detective on this plane, train, or automobile, whatever <laughs> we're on. So let's uh, let's just get to the uh, other cart of this plane, train, and automobile, and we'll let the detective figure out what happened to old headless Sean here. They'll never suspect us. Well, we didn't do anything. Yeah, we did. We're just going to go, you know what? We're just going to settle. You know, we're just walk past. Hey, it's the Beatles. Just squeeze by them. Excuse me, gentlemen. Excuse me. All right, all right. And into our cart here. The Beatles on this train. I feel like that, that, that's in, that timeline doesn't match up, that they're on this train. Well, t- Mario, we're on a train through the ages, it seems. Are we on, we're on a time a train, train? zigzagging through time. And now we're here in our train cap. Wait a second. There is a person here. That uh, excuse me, sir. Um, would you mind? Uh, would you mind leaving? Uh, we, Mario, and I would like a moment to just sit and chat. Yes, I do. I travel on this train regularly, twice a week. So I suppose I've some rights. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just sit here with you then. And don't take that turn with me, young man. I fought the war for your sort. All right, sir. You don't have to leave. I guess you can just stay here and uh, enjoy the conversation with us. Mario, you cool with that? Sure. Why not? An elementary knowledge of the railway acts would tell you that I'm perfectly within my rights. Okay. I've, I need to sit down because I'm really drunk. I've taken out those four Vesper martinis. Oh, they've had no effect on me at all. <laughs> In fact, I think they may have been watered down. I shall call the guard. Anyway, let's sit here. Let's cozy up. What do you say we welcome this gentleman here sitting next to us to uh, another episode of Connery Curious? Cue the theme song. <laughs> Connery Curious! Zion! Mass Crusade! Rolling the twice! And the end 
murder on the Orient Express. You never know what the wheel's gonna spin next. Barney and a woman of straw. And a woman man in Africa. We are curious of the filmography of Sir Sean Connery. Mario Lima. Dylan Titus? Welcome to another episode of Connery Curious. Connery Curious. Yes, guys, you guys already know. Every week we get together here and talk about a film from the iconic Sir Sean Connery. And today we got a fun one. A very fun one. A I am very, very fun one. We we are doing 1974's Murder on the Orient Express. I always gotta say it like that because of the theme song. Murder on the Orient Express. You never know what the wheel's gonna spin next. Uh, as you guys know, we do spin the wheel at the end our connery curious wheel of curiosities to pick which film we do next but last week we hit um hit murder on the orient express which we're super excited about i really had a fun time with this dylan how about you mario i had an absolute blast with this film i, I love a good whodunit this is oh, so good should we start doing our ratings earlier on, or do we want to hold that? Because sometimes I get so excited to share what my rating is, but then, you know what? Let's just let's we'll just wait. In a way, I get so excited. I get so excited. Uh, well, let, well, we'll we'll talk about what the world thinks. Uh, we'll go to the uh, Rotten Tomatoes here. Uh, Tomato Meter gave it a certified fresh with ninety percent, and audience score of seventy eight percent. Uh, very, very beloved film, it seems. People are liking a lot of good reviews on it. Uh, Runtime of about a, a two hours and seven seven minutes. Uh, it is uh, rated every minute of it. Great. Yeah, every minute of it. Uh, PG, just PG. Uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. Produced by... Uh, Lum- G- Lumet. Lum- Lumet. And yes. same, same thing with uh, our main character. Uh, can never say his name properly. Uh, Purette. Pure. Poirot. 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 Puree. Puree. You knew. You know this. <laughs> Detective Puree. Poirot. Everyone. Ev- everyone is calling him Perot in the movie. Everyone is pronouncing it incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's what got me confused because like we'll, we'll get into it. It is um, Poirot. 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 Uh, Poirot. Like like P W A R O W. I'm gonna write like it that. I'm gonna write it on my murder on the notes express. Uh, pra ro. No, no. Pro ro. Squid, squid, pro ro. Pua. Pua ro. Squid pro, squid pro ro. That's an Austin Powers reference. Quick pro crow, Mr. Powers. Yes, squid pro ro. I'm now. I've now. I'm second guessing myself. Poirot, right? Hercule Poirot. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes. Hold on. Yeah, so is there a way we can uh, do the pronunciation? Uh, I got it right here. Hercule Poirot. Here, I'll share the I'll share the the screen with you so you can see the exact pronunciation. Boy, I feel dumb, but there is a lot of uh, people in the movie pronouncing it different ways. Hercule Poirot. Pra ro. Pra Poirot. Hercule Poirot. Poirot. Pra ro. Squid. No, no. Pwa. Pwa. P W A. Pwa ro. Pwa ro. Pra pwa ro. It's tricky. It is a tongue twister. This has been three minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Just trying to pronounce the rain character's name. Uh, uh, but yes, uh, Hercule 
Poirot. Poirot is played by Poirot. the amazing Albert Finley, which uh, in, Finney. It, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, what our first Bond connection? Uh, who we see in Skyfall? In Skyfall, yes. Uh, which is great. And everyone, which is... and there was some rumor that <clears throat> that um, there was that Sean Connery was going to play that role, mm. but I don't believe it. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting if they did. Just like, like yeah, one. I mean, it would take you out of the movie, but at the same time. The Craig movies, I feel like it's okay to take you out because it's a separate thing, in my opinion. Uh, but I was like that. I was like that scene of like Connery looking out the window and he sees the Aston Martin DB5. He's like, you know, oh, nice car. You know, just like something like that. A little cute thing. I'm sure we'll have enough films through watching this filmography where we can edit him into Skyfall and make I think it work so. somehow. This one, uh, spoiler alert for my Do my we... review, is uh, I could edit a lot of From Rush With Love in this movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> so well, much. Well, yeah, the... the... Not, that's not a spoiler for the movie. That's more of a spoiler for From Russia with Love if you didn't know that one of the climaxes of the film takes place on the Orient Express. Mm. And there's literally a murder <laughs> on the Orient Express. <laughs> that was and the mic turning. I just had to adjust the mic. If oh. It sounded like a fart in the recording. <laughs> it was because I farted on the mic as I turned it. <laughs> he got up. He had. He has a. He has a butt mic that he also uses. Exactly. He has two mics. Uh, Mike. <laughs> but anyway, so should should we get into the the plot here? We shall. Should we? Ha- um, let's see what the IMD. Let's see which is. Um, I think I think I saw a good shorter. one on, on on Wikipedia. I think. Well, I the saw. Wikipedia one's very long. I'm checking the um, IMDb one right now. That's a pretty good. IMDb might be the way to go. He got like a big, thick paragraph there. I, I don't know. What do you think would be better to go through the wiki because that'll take us through the plot? Uh, the summary on IMDb looks pretty good, only because I have a lot to like just discuss too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so... maybe maybe let's take this one from yeah. From, oh wait, there's one well, with Alfred Molina. Which one? Alfred Molina as Poirot. Uh, two, TV movie from 2001. Really? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 2001. Look at this. Updated for the 21st century. Oh, wow. Huh. Look at that. I might want to check out, too. I might I might mm. have, a, have a marathon where I watch... The All new- of them in a row. Yeah, the newest one, and then the 2001 version. This is just to compare how they how the performances of of Pro Squid Pro Row. <laughs> I'm just gonna call him Squid Pro Row. Hmm. Yeah. Al- although I mean, uh, Alfred Molina, uh, Molina. God, I can't say anybody's last name now. Uh, Doctor Octopus. Uh, his. <laughs> What's his- your last name? It's, uh, mine. Yeah. Lima. Are you sure? Yes. Well, it could be it could be Lima. I've been Lima for many times on many applications. Many doctors no, I'm, have I'm said, just, "Mr. Lima." You know, I'm just sowing this, uh, uh, watering the seeds of doubt in Water. here. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't. What is, what is my name? 
Alfred uh, Melena Melina does not have as uh, Alfred in- <laughs> Marina Marina Albert Marina. <laughs> His mustache is not as intense as uh, Finney's. As, as Finney's, and no. I mean it, it gets even more bananas in the newest one with. Uh, um, yeah, bro. His his is, is crazy. Uh, so I love that. Oh my god, that is crazy. Yeah, that is a giant mustache. Like his mustache, like <laughs> got a credit in the credits for God's sake. It was a character of its, of its own. Uh, but it's really intense, and I love it. But it's hmm. yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a really good film. So you have not seen it. I'm, I'm, I have not, but I'm so. gonna watch it now. I like the cast. Yeah, because now that you like kind of. Just looking at is because I remember most of the cast. So seeing this movie, I'm like, all right, that's Judy Dench's character. Okay, that's um, Johnny Depp's character. That's who. So and so. Uh, so yeah, it's very uh, Willem Dafoe's in that movie too. It's but like also, it looks Daisy far Risley. less interesting than this one. This one, it's yeah. Uh, I, I they're very I close. They're very close. It's it's watching this one. It's. Uh, very that they did watch this film pretty closely it's pretty close mm-hmm. so you'll see obviously some different things because of you know this one was in the 70s so certain certain quotes i'm sure we'll talk about later are a little different <laughs> in the 2017 version mm. uh but other than that yeah it's very good it's a kill, killer cast uh so incredible uh, cast yeah so I, yeah so I, I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested and like you know is following these movies with us if there's a remake of it yeah i I would definitely consider checking it out huh forgive me i'm just just looking through this also i'm noticing that and i appreciate it because they use the exact same uh model train in a new one so i'm like they really it's like you know they really well it is it is the the train the train's real the orient express hmm but yeah. I'm just look, I'm looking at the poster that's on IMDb and there's a character missing and it's I I don't know it's getting to me something's a character is missing yeah uh I think they're all there no one two uh, three four five because twelve well yeah there's a few anyway unimportant let's get into the film shall we let's do it all right <clears throat> so you want to read the IMDb storyline uh sure let me get to it. For some reason, it, oh, there we go. It's, I got it here too. If you need it, all right. Uh, Let's see. Forgive me already, because I'm, t- I'm a terrible reader. You want me to do it? I don't mind. Yeah, I think I think you should do it. You're better. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're more. You're better. I, mean, I can't even fucking name <laughs> the main character's name for Christ's sakes. Forget about this. This is from a user named Huggo. Huggo. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Like, just like the film Huggo. <laughs> is that a film? Well, Hugo. It's called Huggo. I don't know. Bad joke, sorry. No, no, we, you're good. We can edit that out if we need to. This, this, I'll leave it in. <laughs> I'll put it in twice. <laughs> oh, good. I'll just take the film. Huggo. 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 <laughs> put some echo on it, too, so it's really pronounced. <laughs> Adding... I can find my goddamn mouse. There we go. And put some, put a laugh track add, in there too, please. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and, a, and a rim shot. You got it. All righty, here we go. Dun 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 dun. 
The first class compartment of the December 1935 departure of the Orient Express from Istanbul is full, unusual for this time of the year. Regardless, famed and fastidious Belgian detective Hercule Poirot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wouldn't it be funny if we... <laughs> the announcer couldn't pronounce name either. Hercules. Who needs... <laughs> Hercules. Regardless, famed and fastidious Belgian detective. <laughs> if I ever... If, okay, for our, for our Connery uh, theme park that we talked about in the previous episode, uh, one of my uh, signature drinks would be a, uh, <laughs> a Hercule puree. Ooh, I like it. Uh, and uh, what is it like? Coconut juice and and uh, mango. It's like ice cream or something, right? Purees are like ice cream or like whipped cream or something like that. I guess it's anything that's been uh, blended up to mush. And I would put like a little decorative uh, mustache-shaped cookie on it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not Poirot. But he does have an impressive mustache in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's many fun mustaches with Connery over the years that we've seen mm. so far. So this is probably the most fun. The other yeah. ones are like, I mean, like Cuba, he has like the pencil one. That's like really kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, very nice one in uh, uh, bu- 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 not Longest Day. Was it Longest Day? No, it was. Um, he's got one in Man Who Would Be King. He's got those mutton chops. Uh, the, the coal miner one. Oh, Molly McGuire. Molly McGuire's for Christ's sakes. Uh, great, good mustache there. But this one's just very. This is the this is the longest one I think we've seen. Longest stash. The longest stash. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll get one where it's it's full. Uh, I I know there's a different name for it, but like Fu Manchu style. He's just got a long draping mustache, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like tickling his nipples. <laughs> <clears throat> Alrighty. Back to it. Where were we? I'll just start over. The first class compartment of the December 1935 departure of the Orient Express from Istanbul is full, unusual for this time of the year. Regardless, famed and fastidious Belgian detective Hercule Poirot, who needs to get back to London immediately, is able to secure last-minute passage in the compartment with the assistance of his friend, Senor Bianchi, one of the directors of the train line who is also making the trip. Some of the first-class passengers seem concerned about Poirot's presence on the train. At least one of them has reason to be concerned, as later, after another another first-class passenger, who earlier in the trip asked Poirot to provide protection for him due to several death threats, is found murdered in his stateroom by multiple stabbings. At the time the victim is found, the train is unexpectedly stopped and delayed due to snow in the remote Yugoslavia, which may be problematic for the murderer in getting away now that Poirot is on the case, which he, he is doing as a favor to Bianchi, as not only as not to get the Yugoslav police involved. I am the worst trailer announcer of all time. I think that's very good. Poirot quickly learns that the victim was not who he presented himself to be, and has a connection to a five-year-old American kidnapping and murder case of infant Daisy Armstrong, murdered in spite of the fact that her parents had paid the requested ransom. The murderer in that case has long been convicted and executed, but the ransom monies were never recovered, a known accomplice never captured, and both the Armstrong parents have since tragically died. As Poirot questions the train's valet, 
the victim's accompanying staff, and the other primarily well-off first-class passengers and their accompanying servants, who are all on the surface more than cooperative. He finds that many had opportunity and motive, the latter which may not be obvious. There are also a great deal of evidence discovered on the train, which pulls his thoughts in many directions. These pieces of information may complicate the deduction of who is the murderer. Mm. My voice is exhausted. <laughs> so I guess uh, one opening question before, so we probably won't, you know, people people have hopefully watched this listening, but if they haven't, cool, I guess. Uh, did you uh, suspect the murderer by the let's not spoil it but without without spoiling but i want to know did you suspect it no didn't suspect the ending okay nope. okay so when you watched the original did you or not the original i'm sorry when you watched the, the, the uh 2017 did you suspect i'm guessing it's the same ending for the most part yeah, yeah. Uh, did you suspect it not at all yeah i was, no, okay. I was very because like cause that's the thing with all each of them like the performances are like very intense I, I love the um because everybody's a, a zany character, everyone's so different. It's just every every uh, interrogation was just so different. Uh, Are you referring to the 2017 one or this for, one? for this one? Okay, um, because that's, I don't remember how zany they were in the other one. It was almost the same. I know Judy Dench really sells it. Uh, Let's do as much sticking but, to this one as we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but because, yeah, but no. Going to this Connery one. doesn't have any connection to the right. Well, all right, fine, fine. Last, um, I, I guess the only the only thing we'll really do is just tell me who plays which corresponding character. Okay. In the, or, and I can pull that up too. But who? So who plays Connery's character? Is that um, Johnny Depp? Uh, no. Uh, Johnny Depp is actually the. Um, hold on. Let me get it up. He's actually the uh, the victim, which oh. is which is really interesting. Cause it's like Johnny Depp. So when when you see the original movie and he, he's Ratchet, um, Johnny Depp is not Ratchet. His character's name is Ratchet. Um, uh, I, I, he's, <laughs> he's Nurse Ratchet. He's a Ratchet. Um, but yeah, so it, that was like one thing where it's like, oh, interesting that like Johnny Depp of all people, he's he's gone uh, for most of the movie. Uh, hmm. So. Uh, so, but yeah, he's he is uh, phenomenal in that too. But like, yeah, very they're, they're all very similar. So it's like okay, now so now seeing them both. Jr. plays Connery's character Arbuthnot. Yes. So yes, Connery plays Colonel Arbuthnot in in this film. Mm. And we get him very early in the film. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I remember down. Um, he appears at seven fifty four. That's so interesting. That we have different times. What? Well, I I see him and then I catch it as soon as I can. I write it as soon as oh, I can. Whatever so you, the timestamp on that is is what I write. So, so what'd you write? Seven fifty two. Seven forty eight. Okay, so so let's call it seven. But so so wait. So which scene are you referring to? Uh, when he is uh, chop chop. Oh, so with the goats. He's moving the goats, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it came to seven forty eight for me. That's interesting. Yeah, okay, so let's split the difference and call it seven fifty one. Perfect. Yeah, so, so I, that I, that must have just been when I moved the mouse and saw the time mm, stamp. You know? So yeah, so I have uh, appears at seven forty eight, and his opening quote is "Come on, move. Come on, get up. Yeah. Chop chop. Yep, hustling some goats along, <laughs> which, I, which I love. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> 
also while we're on the subject, um, one of my f- first favorite Connery quotes is, obviously a frog. What a funny little man. Obviously a frog. <laughs> yeah. Let's I see. like that. Uh, but like, yeah, uh, cranking back a little bit. So what would you think of the opening sequence of like the newspaper clippings and all that? I. Okay. Instantly creepy. Right. Instantly it, creepy. You go from that like really like nice kind of fanfare with the, we'll talk about more about music, but it's like, you know, ha, da, 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 like it's like, I think any I love almost. those opening titles. Yeah. But then you go to like darkness, kidnapping and like murder. And it's like, wow, what a shift change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, let's let's tackle the titles first. I love the font. Mm-hmm. Um, the score for the uh, opening titles is that on the piano that's not actually what it sounds like but you know what I'm saying it's it's those twinkling arpeggios building up and then all of a sudden Nicole was watching it and she goes at first I was afraid I was petrified <laughs> and then the film got scary and also uh, I was really happy to see Jeffrey Unsworth in the titles to know that he would be shooting this film because damn this film looks amazing mm-hmm. this film looks phenomenal um yeah, I loved that opening sequence. Uh, it was it was absolutely terrifying, and see, and, and at first I was wondering why it was happening, why we were being shown this, what this had to do with the what is I I had no understanding or knowledge of this plot beforehand besides murder on train, um, and quirky detective, and seeing this opening sequence my brain just goes this is not murder on train um this is baby in car uh, but it was really creepy and i really really loved it and it, it hit me pretty quickly like okay this will be the inciting incident for the murder on the train but this is really creepy there's a, some day for night in it which doesn't really hold up but other than that, the it's it's beautifully shot and edited, and I like that they purposefully don't show. They show like three faces, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, four. The, you see, um, the mother and the father, Paulette, the maid, and uh, the child. Yeah, they do a very good job of lighting. There's a couple shots of like one woman on the balcony but the light is shooting down on the camera and all you see is her silhouette as she gets in front of it. it's like so very like i guess before it's t- not before it's time but like just like I, I i'm not used to seeing old films like this uh in this kind of style like i really like their use of uh reminding the audience when they're going through the uh interrogations they go back to these opening scenes as flashes mm. to be like you knew so and so and showing us the scene of the person that they're talking about and so I'm like mm. you don't see a lot of flashbacks incorporated in that in, in those times i feel um i'm not sure i i'd have to i again i i my film knowledge is very slim Same. i'm learning through this you know as we do this podcast, I'm learning, like, man, I haven't seen shit for movies. <laughs> like, uh, the movies I've enjoyed is such a very small percentage of the films that exist. Mm. And because we're taking on this experiment, we're getting into films that we may not have watched otherwise. For example, The Longest Day. Or would you have watched A Good Man in Africa if we weren't doing this podcast? I think if, I think if I was 
browsing and I saw Connery's face on the poster, I'd be like, oh, perhaps because he's right in the middle. So like maybe uh, that that's the only draw for me. Uh, yeah. But something like um, Longest Day, not at all, because maybe John Wayne will get your attention, but I wouldn't have known Connor was in it or anyone else. You mm. know, so yeah, I think that's that's the thing. The, the fact that we're tackling these, definitely not um, uh, Action of the Tiger. I would never look at that movie at all. Cause, no. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so. Yeah, I think I think Connery, honestly, Connery would be the only draw for me. But if you don't know, he's on even on this poster. He's he's not that far down the list. And like, well, I have a note. Yes. On that. So I was going through the IMDb trivia. Um, Share my screen here with you so you can see what I'm referring to. Right. So with so many suspects in the plot and none of them expendable, director Sidney Lumet decided that the audience's odds of keeping the character straight would improve if he cast a familiar face in each role. Lumet thought the best way was to acquire an all-star cast was to sign the biggest star first. In 74, that was Sean Connery, who Lumet had previously directed in The Hill, 65, The Anderson Tapes in 71, and The Offense in 73. Once Connery was attached, the remainder of the cast was set in a matter of weeks. Wow. Yeah. So Connery was a draw. Connery was the hook. Mm. And then, uh, you know, I was reading along the same lines, like Lauren Bacall took the role because she wanted to act with Albert Finney. Mm. And, I, and I was super excited to see Michael York in this. Uh, Michael York, I have a note, is brutal in this movie. Yeah, right. That moment at the end, like he's pretty chill. He actually looks pretty good. Not going to lie. Like yeah. slim, young Michael York is kind of handsome. But... I would have done without the, the mustache if he was clean shaven. Perfect. Yeah, I'd take the mustache off. Um, but the moment at the end, the reveal, that is brutal. Right. When he's like making her do it. Yeah. Oof. My own, Oof. My, 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 my only note for him towards the beginning was whoop de doo, Basil. Because I always know him as Basil <laughs> from Austin Powers. Oh, uh, I have uh, an Austin Powers reference. Uh, when Connery stands up and goes, She's not a woman! <laughs> it's a man, baby! <laughs> nice. Miss Debenham is not a woman. It's a man, man. <laughs> All right, so after... Uh, so, we, so let's move on. So we see Connery for the first time entering the... Um, the on boat, the, the dock. Yeah, the, to the so they all they are leaving from a, a dock. They're taking a boat to the train. Yes, uh, which where uh, we see, we see uh, Poirot for the first time as well. Yes, um, I, I I put I put a big heart next to him, man, because he he was awesome. I just yes. I love Albert him. Albert Finney really is the star of this film. Yeah, he's just, he's so much fun and just goofy. Like I I have more quotes from him than Connery for obvious reasons. He's in the movie more, but uh, yeah, he's just he's fantastic. I love him. Now I I had read something as I was going through the IMDb trivia here. I don't know how correct it is, but. Let me find it one more time. I don't know how correct this is, but if it if it is, um, okay. So some interesting ones here. Poirot's summation scene from his laying out of the evidence on the table to his final line of dialogue is twenty seven minutes and fifty seven seconds. Wow. Okay, Ingrid Bergman, 
who uh, I was born backwards, right? Her, she won an Oscar for that performance for uh, best supporting actress. Really? Um, let me. Academy Awards won Best Supporting Actress, yes. Albert Finney was nominated for Best Actor. Best Cinematography, Jeffrey Unsworth. Best Adapted Screenplay, Paul Den. Best Costume Design, Tony Walton. Best Original Score, Richard Bennett. Richard Rodney Bennett. All of them nominated, but Ingrid Bergman won. Um, anyway, so uh, her, and she deserves it. Um, her virtually all of her performance, her Oscar-winning performance, is contained in one scene. Her interrogation by Poirot captured in a single continuous take, nearly five minutes long. And I went back and rewatched it. It is. It's all one take. Wow. One unending shot. Um, okay. Here is the fact that I brought up about Finney. Since Albert Finney required many hours of makeup procedures before shooting each day, and because he was performing in a stage play at the same time, he didn't have much time for his badly needed sleep. A daily routine was developed when an ambulance arrived to pick up the sleeping actor at his house in his pajamas, carefully trying not to wake him. During the half-hour commute to the studio, the makeup artist would begin the rough work on his face. The rest of the fine, fine detail was completed at the studio on a still-sleeping Finney. I don't know how much I believe that. What?! Yeah, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most... Imagine. Andy was 37 in this film. Really? Yeah. That is... Amazing. He, was the, he was the third choice. The first choice was Alec Guinness, who was unavailable, and the second was Paul Schofield. Ooh, Alec Guinness, I feel like... I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Alec Guinness, but you know, do you think he could, like... Yeah, I think he could have pulled it off. Get, get he, he's a good. He can be a good comedic actor. Oh, yeah, I got to see what that's Guinness Curious. That might be a thing in the in the future. Well, we're going to see him uh, in A Bridge Too Far, I think. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, but man, yeah, that's that's a if, if that's true, that's bananas. Imagine falling asleep in your bed and you wake up and you're just you're Hercule. <laughs> you're, just, right? you're ready to go. That's that seems crazy. But if that's true. Amazing. Um, I don't know. Alec Guinness is not in A Bridge Too Far. He's on bridge on the bridge on the river Kwai. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Also, bridge too far is almost three hours as well. One. It's two fifty four. Ooh. Oof. Oh, more movies, man. More movies. Hold on, I gotta see if they were ever in anything together. Who, Alec and uh, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was that one. Kind hearts and coronets. Nope. Um. They were never in anything together. Damn. Wait a second. Name of the Rose? Huh. Again, uh, riveting podcasting. Riveting. Oh, my goodness. On stage and screen. Nope. They were not in anything together. Though he was in Scrooge with Albert Finney. Mm. Hmm. What do you play in Scrooge? Jacob Marley. Ooh. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Wow, he died in 2000. Anyway. Rest in peace, Alec Guinness. 
Alrighty, so let's keep going through our notes here. Oh my god, wow, we've been just chatting so much that that, that guy that refused to leave the cart has fallen asleep. Ooh. Oh, I'm gonna, maybe we should. I'm gonna poke him right in the head. Maybe, maybe we should. Squish. <laughs> maybe we should what? What? Is <laughs> his head squishy? Yeah, it's, he's got a squishy old head. <laughs> Look, he's not waking up either. Squish. <laughs> Sir, are you okay? Do you mind if we keep talking? Hope he doesn't mind that we're podcasting next to him while he's sleeping. We're just gonna anyway. Uh, we have to. I, I'm I'm amazed that this generator hasn't woken him up. The one we have to run that runs on fucking diesel fuel to power these microphones. Yeah, it's very loud. And also, his train hasn't moved in like 40 minutes. I think it might have been that murder. Oh, it's true. Yeah. I think when a murder happens, a train breaks down. Mm. You know? Like, um, when you step on a crack. Break your mother's back. Yeah. When you murder on a train, train has to stay plain. I don't know. Exactly. An automobile. Yes. So, anyway. um, (laughs) Okay, squish. Um... (laughs) All right, so let's let me keep going. Um, they're on that boat, and it cuts. It, you see the boat um, sailing away, and then it cuts to the inside of the boat, and it's a very elaborate and decked out boat. Mm. Right, we see the band with the fezes. Um, is that what that hat is called? A fez, right? Yeah, the little red one. The yeah. uh, with the little pig ponytail draped over it. Yeah, rat tail or whatever. What's his name from Indiana Jones? Wears one. Uh, it's uh, Sala. Uh, Sala, yes. Yeah. Um. So when we see the inside of that ship, my brain just went. Titanic was called the ship of dreams, <laughs> and it was. It really was. <laughs> um. And then there's just too many shots of that band. Like, there's three shots of of that band that are just all the same. Mm. And, and it's from the same angle. And definitely miming what they're playing. Yes. Because I, I didn't even really hear guitar in that in that no. track at all. Uh, my next note is bread cart heart. Mm. I love seeing a cart full of bread. <laughs> Anything from the trolley days. <laughs> yes, five beignets. We'll take the lot. <laughs> we'll take the lot. <laughs> he has 20 beignets in front of him. <laughs> 20 what? Beignets. It was long... French bread. That's called a beignet, that right? Baguette, right? Beignet. What, what's a beignet? I have a beignet in my toilet. Beignet. It sprays up water in my butt. No, beignet. I'm kidding. Ba- oh, is it beignet or baguette? The thing, it's baguette. The things from New Orleans with the powdered Poirot. sugar. <laughs> Poirot. No, they're beignets, aren't they? I wish I wish we had Benoit balls. I, 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 I wish we had a, a studio audience. Yes, yeah, a beignets. A beignet is those little powdered pastries you get like in New Orleans. They're like they're like doughboys with like powdered huh. sugar on them. Do you know why they call them that? Because the guy that invented them, his name was Benjamin, and people would get so excited for his treats they'd see him and they'd be like, Ben, yay! <laughs> I was. You wrote me in. I was like, I'm going to learn something about beignets. Oh, place of place of origin. Speaking of speaking of uh, Poirot, uh, they're from France originally, 
and are made made with bread flour, uh, confectionery sugar, evaporated milk, uh, granulated sugar, lukewarm water, oil or lard, and uh, other variations can be sourdough. We should well, make Poirot's actually Belgian. That's true. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they say, "Oh, I thought you were French." That's very true. Anyways. I'll take the lot. That's that's where we are. We had the bread cart, and we'll take the lot of the beignets. Wow! Look at all the list that uh, people that have played Poirot. Charles, uh, share my screen here with you. Charles Lawton, Francis L. Sullivan, Austin Trevor, Orson Welles, Harold Huber. Richard Williams, John Malkovich, Jose Ferrer, Martin Gable, Tony Randall, Albert Finney, Dudley Jones, Peter Ustinoff, Ian Holm, David Suchet. I gotta make sure. What? Suchet, David Suchet, John Moffat, Maurice Denham, Peter Salas. Who's Peter Salas? Oh, he was the voice of Wallace. Oh. Look at that. No way. Um, Constantine Ra- Rakin, Alfred Molina, Robert Powell, Jason Durr, Kenneth Branagh, Anthony O'Donnell, Shiro Ito, uh, Mansai Nomura, and Tom Conti. I want to see Orson Welles. Yeah. Like, that's, that was when that hit me. Let's see. And, and, and Malkovich, John Malkovich. <laughs> I just watched uh, Johnny English with uh, Alicia last night, and I forgot he was the villain. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Um, I'm trying to see. Th- these oh. must be like plays, maybe plays, or like. These all can't be films, are they? Because I've never seen that. All right. The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, Campbell Playhouse Edition, as Hercule Poirot and James Shepard. So it's a one-hour radio play. Oh. I see. That makes sense. Hmm. Anyway, I loved Finney as Poirot. And also, I definitely wrote um, uh, Poirot. Where is it? Oh, the Poirot is one hundred percent what influenced Benoit Blanc. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like I, I got I got that instantly, especially after seeing Glass Onion too, and just thinking mm. about that, it's like wow, it's like that's 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 the crossover we need right there. Quirky, oh, yeah, right. Actually, yeah, Kenneth Branagh meets Daniel Craig. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, and they could, and they solve the mystery together. That'd be insane. It'd be like a right. it'd be like a time loop thing, <laughs> but like that'd be so cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like that's definitely that's probably what Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan Johnson mentioned that like in an interview recently, where he was kind of like talking about his he he loved old whodunits. I think he I think he did mention Orient Express at one point or uh, Orient Express. Uh, even even Clue stuff like that, like older I still need films. To watch Clue, Clue the, the original Clue is so good; it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we should we have like a Who Done It marathon. That'd be fun. Who Done It Day? Who Done It Day? I like that. Uh, when do we do it? We'll we'll find a we'll find a time. Who do we do it <laughs> for? <laughs> Who do we? How do, do we do it? <laughs> How done it? All right. Um, Why do we do it? Uh, because we can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I made another note. Oranges equal danger. 
Because there's a <laughs> cart of oranges that gets spilled. In that same scene, I said I put a note in saying nobody leaves you alone in the 30s because we had at least three instances where like a group of people was pestering somebody. Yeah. We had the plane when the plane landed with uh, the girl's uh, mother. Was it her mother and father? And yeah, father. The, the the ones um, the Armstrongs. Yes. Uh, so we had that moment. We had when the car shows up. I believe it's Greta coming out of the car at the dock. Is it Greta? Uh, yes, as Ingrid Bergman. Yes. Yes. Her getting as pestered. Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman as Greta. Excuse me. Yeah, her getting pestered by like people selling stuff, and then like at least two people got pestered on the actual train platform, mm. or at the point where where where, where Michael York almost <clears throat> backhands somebody for getting too close. So at that pestering scene. Um, I've got two thing, two notes on that. So, she, f- Ingrid Bergman freaks out because she has lost, or she thinks she has lost her medal of Saint Christopher, which is the second film that we've done where somebody has lost their medal of Saint Christopher oh, at right. a train station. Oh my God, that's right! Literally, the man who would be king. That's how it opens. Oh my God! Are you, are you, I wonder if that's a reference. Is that a reference? Callback? Easter egg? Uh, I don't know. That's that. Well, that's this one. Man who would be king comes out the next year. Oh, it's gonna be the other way. And around. they're both based off classic novels. And they're and they're both. So yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. So I want. We have to check out if that's in. Maybe bo- they're just both in those books. Yeah, with the, with the, with the research that that's just a funny coincidence. Hmm. So, and then my next note on that same thing is that when she freaks out and realizes or thinks that she has lost her medal, she doesn't. She hasn't lost it, but she thinks she has. She begins panicking, and it gives the slightest window of opportunity for all these, you know, street urchin salespeople to just come in and start trying to hawk their wares to her. And they're all trying to sell her different religious medals. And then she's like, she realizes she has a medal. She says, "No, no, medal of Saint Christopher." And they realize, like, oh, we can't. We're not going to sell her on our religious crap." And everyone leaves. But my mind went to the mummy when when Imhotep is closing in on Benny, and Benny is just cycling through his different religious medals <laughs> to see which one is going to work. <laughs> yes, oh, I got to re watch the mummy. I just I just rode the mummy ride at Universal. I hated it. Yeah. But, yeah, we talked about this. You said it was good. Uh, I mean, it's good for if you're a fan of coasters and the movie. I'm a fan of the movie, but I'm not a fan of the coaster because I just hate coasters. Yeah. I hate twists and turns, but uh, it's fun. It's very nostalgic, and yet it's cool to see, you know, um, yeah. uh, Brendan uh, Fraser, uh, Fraser, 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 okay. Fraser. Yeah, he Fraser like Razor. Yeah, because he's been he's been going out now and saying you guys been <laughs> mispronouncing my name for my whole career. Yeah. Fraser. And and they have him in the mummy game as his character in the whale. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you didn't see they updated all of it so that Rick O'Connell is the whale. <laughs> oh. I haven't seen the whale yet. I gotta see the whale. So it, I haven't seen it either, but it just you know I, I don't know. I just thought it would be funny <laughs> just to seeing Rick O'Connell do all his flips and shit as the but whale. But it's the whale. <laughs> He's like fat, another gold member reference, like Fat Bastard, where he does, Hope my wire fighting team is ready. He's doing all the flips. And he gets stuck midair. Oh, it's so good. Oh, isn't this magical? One of my wires broke. Uh, so good. We should do a side sh- uh, side podcast where we just do like all three Austin Powers movies. <laughs> like a 
bonus weekend. Who knows? Anyways. That might be a bit exhausting. A good exhausting? Like, we'd have to watch them in a day. Oh, yeah. Like, could, could, could you crank out all three of them in a day? I have before. Damn, okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, it's just, all right, maybe we do it then. Maybe we maybe, give it a shot. Maybe, we'll see. It's a bonus episode. Who knows? We'll put ourselves through that. <laughs> you, Find, you know, lose uh, lose potential um, income opportunities in other places to sit and watch Austin Powers all day. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I can't uh, can't make money today. I've got to watch Austin Powers all day, all three of them. <laughs> See, I am very busy. It's like, tell the president to hold my calls because I'm watching all three Austin Powers movies tonight. Sir, you are the president. Good. Well, tell everyone else to stop calling me right now. <laughs> Sir, the Pentagon needs your help. Uh, I'm, wa- <laughs> just, I'm watching Spy Who Shagged Me, please. Biden's just sitting there like, I didn't eat any corn. I love this. Good stuff. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we get on the okay. train. Uh, Sean Connery with his pipe. Heart. Heart. Or oh, oh, his, his peep. His peep, I wrote that as well. And only at the end does Poirot say pipe correctly. Right. To, like, drive it in. Like, yes, I know I say it, peep. You don't need to mock me. Yeah, okay, that was one of my Connery quotes, which we're jumping forward. But, like, it's like, you think he had time to clean He cle- had time to clean my peep? Let's say very, <laughs> very, very good. Well, not if you're using a shared bathroom, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, my next note cut with Hard Day's Night and Harry Potter. Oh, for when they leave? Ev- everything in this movie could be cut with mm. a Hard Day's Night and Harry Potter. Mm. And from Rush with Love. Yep, that too. Because even, even the like. And the, the man who would be king. So every train, we could even put the train crashing in uh, Longest Day somehow. Yeah. Because those trains yeah. are kind of similar. Yeah. And- and the Molly Maguires cut them both together, so it's a bigger train explosion. Eventually, we're gonna have a cut with every single train, every single Connery movie. It's gonna happen. Yeah, we'll do this. The Connery, and we'll make it. Honestly, with all the footage we'll have, it'll be a movie. It'll be at least like forty-five minutes. Yeah, the, like the, the the Connery train or something like that. So we we see like a montage of every character getting on the train. The Beatles get on the train. Harry and Ron and Hermione get on the train. And okay, I've got um, Brad Pitt from Bullet Train getting on the train. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um uh and you know all all the train's journey things are happening on the train through these different movies um and then eventually it gets one stuck in the snow and then after it gets cleared out it gets bombed by both the Molly Maguires and the um French freedom fighters <laughs> for both sides. Exactly. But well they hit the, the freedom fighters hit the front and then the Molly Maguires hit the middle. So <laughs> we'll cut cut that all together and it'll all be in black and white because it has to be. Before we move on to that, I do have a fun cut I want. Uh, it could be used in the scene when a train is departing and at the very last shot of the movie uh, with that yeah. very fun like music that they have, the fanfare. Uh, I want that same music to be playing, but also cut the uh, scene of Baron Samity at the end of Live and Let Die yep. laughing and the, on the front Being of the train. Being on the front of the train. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so yep. I want the music in the background, but it's him laughing with that music in the background. Oh, my God. Oh, so so good. good. We're going to have to take a couple of days and really work on this. We're going to dial do, this thing we're, in. We're doing a whole train documentary. Mockumentary, whatever you want to call it, film. We'll we'll, uh, we'll put it into the, uh, the Newport Film Festival or something. Well, who knows? The Connery Crossing. Connery Crossing. 
<laughs> and we could do it like the old Tom's the Tank Engine episodes where like it's Ringo <laughs> narrated Star. by Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we well, call him up. Uh, Mr. Star, we've got a request. <laughs> I'm 82. What do you want? <laughs> Can you narrate our documentary? <laughs> It's a, <laughs> What's it a documentary about? Well, to see. <laughs> it's trains. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> he won't sign any any Beatles merch without being paid, but he'll gladly do a Thompson Tank engine. <laughs> yeah. Type the and up. then when he realizes that our film has so much Sean Connery, he'll be like, no, that guy insulted me back in 64. No, thanks. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> walked away. That'd be so funny, man. I used to have that on, I used to have that on tape. Uh, like a Thomas the Tank Engine tape where it was Ringo because in the show the show was George Carlin that played the conductor on the yes. t- on a TV show so that always blew my mind well, I was there like, were a couple of different ones right yeah like the, there was like a newer one Alec Baldwin was the conductor in a, in a newer movie uh, there was somebody I'm else I'm sure there has been a cut of Thomas the Tank Engine with, with Carlin's dirty stand up over it <laughs> if there is not we gotta make it yeah. Oh my God! But I think Ringo was the most relaxing to listen to. It's like, oh yeah, so little P- Percy was not doing too well, you know. And uh, Gordon Percy wasn't doing too well. <laughs> I can't do a good Ringo. <laughs> Gordon was quite quite the motherfucker. Oh, you must use the force, Paul. <laughs> quite cross he was. <laughs> that was, that was mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ringo, I am. Mm. <laughs> I wrote a song about an octopus. Touch my drums, you must not. <laughs> hmm. Help from your friends, you must have. Hmm. <laughs> or a, a night of hard days, you will have. <laughs> Forever will your strawberry fields be. I hope when I hope when Grogu gets older in the Mandalorian that uh, he becomes Ringo. <laughs> Never knows will tomorrow. <laughs> it looks like Ringo's face, but it's green, but still talks like Yoda. He has little glasses on too. And he's like, oh, peace, and, mm, peace and love. Mm, love, peace, and. <laughs> I want that on the shirt with the picture of yours that says love and peace, love, peace, and. <laughs> <laughs> or and peace love <laughs> uh, okay um i really really love the long shot from like the end of the train to the front to the head to the he- headlight turning on mm. and then another equally long shot of that train leaving and then the transition um, basically, like coming up from the concrete as the train is mu- moving. Do you know what I'm referring to? Mm. Like right as the train leaves the station, yeah. there's these beautiful long shots of it traveling. Yeah, I was thinking gorgeous. that actually watching it because uh, thinking of our our train obsession, we have a lot of great train B-roll in this mm. because yeah, a lot of long shots and it's funny you talk about Harry Potter it's very Hogwarts Express those beautiful shots of like the Scottish countryside or wherever they filmed it's mm. just like such uh, be- beautiful be- beautifully shot this is like r- amazing because like where did they shoot this yeah I'm curious 
Uh, interiors were filmed at Elstree Studios. Exteriors shooting was mostly done in France in 73 with a railway workshop near Paris standing in for Istanbul Station. That the scenes of the right. train proceeding through Central Europe were filmed in the Jura Mountains on the then recently closed railway line from Pontarlier to Gilly, with some of the train stuck in snow being filmed in a cutting near Mont Benoit. So, yeah, France. And I'm trying to see for fun what is the model of the Orient Express. I want to see what kind of train for our our train guys out there who like trains. It is a it's a it's a 1927 S type. Hmm. Interesting, because you wonder like so. So the Orient Express is a real train, but obviously it's a actual. Like they they, ha- they got their hands on a model or built one. Hmm. Sorry, I'm reading about Elstree Studios. The Star Wars films were shot there. Indiana Jones was shot there. Shining was shot there. Huh? Really? Yeah, that's got. I'm gonna. That was, the, that was the place to be in the '70s, I guess. That was the place to be. I'm gonna read more about that later. Um. Alrighty, so so you said that was what, what model was it? A nineteen twenty seven S type, whatever that. I'm sure somebody can write in and let us know what that mm. means, but that's interesting. And th- that's the model of the train. Yeah, an S type. Hmm. All right, shall we keep going? Yes, yes, let's go. Okay. Um, the rear screen projection is not bad inside the train. Yeah, I it's mean, a little weird, but it's not bad. I mean, they benefited with having the train not moving. So like, yes, for most of it, yeah. yeah. So you could easily have a shot of a still mountainside and get away with it. But like, I, I think I know because like, even in the moving scenes, I don't remember. Was it nighttime? Yeah, it was mostly nighttime. Some of them were day, some of them were night. Yeah, and it was so. a big portion. Like as the murders taking place, that was nighttime. Uh, yeah. So like they could benefit from that. But yeah, I thought yeah I thought everything looked pretty legitimate. That's why I'm saying like I'm 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 shocked at how good it this was, especially after watching Longest Day with people disappearing into the green screen. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and now seeing this, it's like oh wow, what an improvement. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, my next note is uh, Dick Hardman. Dick Hardman. The the cop. Uh, his name's my my name's Hardman, but you can call me Dick. Oh, that's or right. Or call me Richard. You can call me Richard. Oh, that's which right. Which means, means his name is Dick Hardman. <laughs> Dick Hardman. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Dick Hardman. Yeah, because they, they just call him. Yeah, they just name him as Hardman in the credits. That's funny. Um, when Poirot cleans his utensils, he wipes the top of the utensil and then he wipes the handle. You just cleaned the dirty part first, and now you're going to smear food all over the handle of the <laughs> the knife. Yes. And your fork and such. Anyway, uh, little notes I have. Um, Martin Balsam's line, you must excuse me, Mrs. Hubbard is upon us. <laughs> oh, uh, on the topic of Hardman, Hardman, uh, I, yeah. I do have his uh, quote is uh, to Paulette with love, which could be from Russia with love. Mm. So that was a little fun. I think he actually says to Paulette with love. To Paulette from love. Paulette. To Paulette. Poirot. He does say to Paulette. <laughs> to Poirot with love. <laughs> to Squid Poirot. And he goes, he's got the knife. He goes, to Poirot. To, 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 
<laughs> Connor can find, get on with it, man. It slaps him back in the hand. To Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot. <laughs> Everyone's like, he what? leaves the room. He's like, I don't. What was that? Everyone's like, wait, what? What did he say? <laughs> he leaves the room. He's like, I don't even remember why I did that. <laughs> Everyone's like, who's Ross Perot? <laughs> That's someone we knew. Uh, um, I really love Princess. Dragomarov. Mm. Let's make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, who uh, who is Dragomarov? Dragomarov, off. Which is Judy Dragomirov? Which is is Judy Dench's character in yes. the? Uh, which I t- totally I would I, I would have cast that as well. Like that's perfect. That's a perfect. Uh, very hard. So uh, I didn't have a subtitle uh, for this movie, unfortunately. Uh, so her scenes are definitely hard to kind of understand. I really had to rewind a couple times to like, what did she say? She's very like very old English. Like, mm-hmm. were you using VLC? Yeah, but the uh... VLC has an extension um, where it'll search for subtitles and download them for you. Mm, I got to do that because I had I, yeah. I, I tried. Yeah, I was like, there was one in there, but it, it just kept re- reading the chapters for me, like chapter two. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll show you how to set that up. Oh yes. But, it's pretty easy. But other than um, that, it was uh, – but, yeah, I got to give it that. Very um, – very. Uh, that does a very clear sound, a very good audio. I could, mm. uh, I'm not sure how much, um, like, uh, what's the word for it? Voiceover was done. Well, all right, dubbing. I have one note on that. I have a note on – okay. At one hour, 50 minutes, and 45 seconds. I'm going to make a marker here so I can punch this in. Um Poirot is asking a question. And he goes, why, why, why? And then somebody answers it. But they don't cut away. It's the same shot held still. And mm. somebody off screen answers it. And he goes, maybe because they didn't account for your presence on the train. Whoever says that line is nobody in the movie that we've seen before. Have they all told me under interrogation stupid and often unnecessary lies? Why, 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 why? Doubtless, Monsieur Poirot, because they did not expect you to be on the train. They had no time to concert their cover story. I was uh, hoping someone other than myself would say that. I don't know if it's supposed to be a stand-in for the audience, or... That must have been a late... You're talking about? Yeah. Which is... Does that sound like anybody we've seen in the movie before? Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. That sounds like somebody in the studio. Absolutely, a different person. That they like, they probably went had the footage and were like, "Well, shit, we probably didn't catch. We probably didn't catch the line on the boom mics or whatever." And it's clear. It doesn't even sound like it's in the same room. Stanley, get in here. Yeah. <laughs> they got the janitor in there. Like, can you read this line for us? Yeah, that's a good catch. I didn't even notice that. Guys, yeah, because interesting. Like, that's one thing that was interesting. Just the the lack of cuts. Or a lot of like, there's a lot of scenes. So many long shots, beautiful long shots. Yeah, but so how, that's Jeffrey Unsworth being the the master. Yeah, how how many how many uh, interrogations did we get? We had one interrogation. I forget who which which one it was, but like you you just see the back of Poirot, Poirot's head, uh, the whole 
scene and you're focusing on the subject, which is great because like it's that's a thing you want to do in a whodunit. We talk about L.A. Noir in this game, uh, in this podcast, L.A. Noir, which is a whodunit. You're a detective in L.A. in like the 30s, 40s, mm. and a lot of that game is you have to to help you determine if someone's innocent or not. You're reading their facial expressions. So that was the first game that was they scan actors' actual faces, and you can see all the intricate intricate uh, moves of their eyes and their how they they look to the left and right and their jaw so i like that how it's like it gives the audience a chance to be like all right this one looks looks sus which is funny because then you look over to uh <laughs> to hercule's friend um what was his name uh the one at bianchi bianchi who played by martin balsam who who after every interrogation they did it, they, they did it. The, the butler did it <laughs> like every single one he's like yep they're guilty they definitely did and it's it. funny but also when you think of it like he's just running the train line he wants this to be over as quickly as possible so yep they did it yeah. they did they definitely did it yep they, they did but it at the, you got but it. at the same time they are all so very suspect it's crazy well, but ultimately martin balsam is right at the end honestly he's the one that's right yeah, honestly he's, he, he, knew, he knew it from the, from the start uh so but, yeah. quick detour here I just clicked on Jeffrey Unsworth Wikipedia page just to see what else he's worked on. Now, we, we've got a lot of crossover here, my friend. So he's done some amazing work. He did 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is one of the best-looking films of all time. Mm, right? Yeah. Then uh, he ends his career... Uh, okay, actually, you know, we'll, st- well, I'll get to the end when I get to the end. Um, so we've got some crossover here. 1957, he is the cinematographer on Hell Drivers. That's another one on our list. Mm. Then he is a cinematographer. This is all from cinematographer. Then, um, all right, so yep, Hell Drivers in 57. Uh, then... Zardoz in 74. Murder on the Orient Express in 74. Same year, goddamn. Uh, and A Bridge Too Far in 77. Wow. So he's worked with Connery a number of times. Goddamn. One, two, three, four. Yeah. And, oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Okay, so so Hell Drivers in 1957, Zardoz 74, Murder on the Orient Express 74, Bridge Too Far 77, and The First Great Train Robbery in 78, for which he also has an uncredited acting role. Wow. So he does five films with Connery. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And his last film was Superman 2. Really? Yep. And a film called Tess. Directed by Roman Polanski. Huh. Yuki. Yeah. I'm sure the film's good, but Polanski. Yuki. Yeah. <laughs> Yuki. Yeah. Also, that's the sound. As I squish this guy's, watch, I squish this guy's head again. Look, it makes that sound. <laughs> Yuki. Uh. Yuki. Uh. Squish. Yeah, go ahead. Give it another squish. Squish. Yuki. Uh. I'll say, uh, we can cut to the, uh, we're meeting a lot of our, like, future suspects uh, in the dinner car. Or a lunch car, whatever you want to call it, and you you, you kind of get a uh, a taste of all their personalities. Um, 
like uh that's where we get our uh i believe it was yeah it must have been ratchet who complained about the chipped glass right or was it somebody yes. else? Yeah. So him. Yeah. So yeah, him. He's a fucking dick. <laughs> so we're like, all right, let's keep our eyes on him. Look at. I'm um, sorry. Look at. This, I'm sharing my screen again. At 30 minutes 40 seconds. Look at how beautiful that shot is. And that's just a gorgeous shot. Play it. There we go. Of the fi- of the train moving in in the fog. Oh yeah. And that looks like a legitimate night shot too. Yeah. Oh, that definitely was filming done at night here. I think it, the day for night was just um. For the kidnapping parts, mm. um, yeah. So we start meeting all of all of our main players. Did you have a favorite player? Um. Well, besides Finney, as Hercule, he was. Well, great. he's not our. Uh, he, uh, well, I get. Yeah, he's our one of our players. But I mean, of our suspects. Uh, suspects, uh, obviously. Because Finney was my favorite too. Uh, I mean, but, I know I know we didn't get a ton of him, but like you know, Connery as Colonel Arbonaut was was great. We had some great. We'll talk about later, like when we get to his interrogation. Probably the most, you know, at attention I was uh, for interrogation. He was he was fantastic, uh, but I also did like um, the uh, the butler, who I guess was suspect as well but not really played by jean-pierre cassel father yeah. of vincent cassel yeah so he he was great and who else did i really like um and and yeah i think that those are the only ones i was kind of uh leaning towards um i really loved anthony perkins Okay. He's a great actor. I just love watching him act. He was like something McQueen, something McQueen. Uh yes, Hector McQueen. Hector he was McQueen. the assistant to um Ratchet. Ratchet, yes. Yeah, who was Right, yeah, uh La- Lanfranco Cassetti. Mm. Richard Widmark was the actor who plays him. But yes, uh Perkins plays his assistant. I was curious. And uh, another actor, I'm sorry, another uh, character he's playing that has mom issues. Mm. Um, and and issues from losing his mother. I mean, who do, who wouldn't? But you know what I'm saying. Mm. It's it's just interesting to see. And also, uh, he and Martin Balsam were in Psycho together. Ah, uh, yeah. And there's a lot of crossover with these actors. Um, a lot of these actors have worked together. I was reading that in the IMDb page. I feel like I have very little to say about this movie. I mean, we've been talking for an hour or so now, but I feel like I still have so little to say about this movie because I fucking loved it. It really, yeah. I was just taking in how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I, I think I, again, going to my notes, I think that was a thing too, an issue I had because like, when I first started watching the movie, I was eating lunch, so I couldn't get to my notes because I was had grease in my hands. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is it has caught my attention. And if you got grease on your passport, that would be a problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't let me on the train. I w- well, or at least your name would be Ario. That's a plot point. Somebody's the first letter of somebody's name is obscured that's, by a grease stain. That's that's right. I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> Come on, Ario. Uh, oh yes. Oh yes. That's my new. That's my new name, Ario. Ario and Ellen. Ario Speedwagon. Ah! <laughs> which which is the train? 
Yes, it's a, it's a speed wagon. Is it would be considered mm-hmm. a train? Is it considered a train a speed wagon? Well, it's going faster than a wagon you'd pull. I suppose, but like, yeah, it's sp- okay, speedier. It's speed wagon. A speed wagon. What is a speed wagon? I don't know. What does REO stand for? Mm, I don't know. Look it up. Riveting entertainment options, which is what this podcast (laughs) is. That's not real. Uh, Oh, they named the band REO Speedwagon from the REO Speedwagon, a 1915 truck that was designed by Ransom Ellie Olds. It's a truck. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Why is it called? So it's, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So Ransom Ellie Olds is REO. Founder of the company, the REO Speedwagon. Look at that. Look at that. The, the, we're learning so much about the world <laughs> through Sean <Yeah>. Connery movies. <laughs> yeah. See, that we, yeah. Diving in, man. Diving in diving to in. all that the world has to offer us. Thanks to Sean Connery, who opened the pool. Yes. <laughs> what am I even saying? <laughs> Gesundheit. Um, what is Poirot wearing for sleep? Right. <laughs> It was like a some kind of mustache thing. Yeah, it's like it, they're basically. Yeah, there were. I think there were just there were just two um, hair nets, and but like for his mustache. Yeah, because he had one that went over like his head because he had to keep that that grease in. <laughs> yeah. But then he had yes. another one that went around his mustache, but also he rolled it up, which I kind of was like my my note there was man. This is like the beginning of COVID when people didn't know how to wear a mask. <laughs> people just wrapping their snatches. Uh, your chin diaper. But I thought that was funny because I, I put that in. And I said must uh, mustache care at its finest. <laughs> and I want I do want to cut that where um, because you kind of hear the hustle and bustle in the other room as like the murder is happening. Uh, I want to cut that with uh, Connery and Red Grant fighting in the other car. And he's just looking at the newspaper and doing the invisible violin. Right. And he's wrapping up his mustache while that fight is happening. <laughs> and and down the another um another cart, uh, Jaws and Roger Moore are fighting. <laughs> and then Daniel Craig and Dave Batista and, and Hanks, yeah. are in the other car fighting. And and yeah. and another Roger Moore is fighting. Ah, uh, uh, T. Yeah. <laughs> so and many then, possibilities on a train. Um. And then when it blows up, Pierce Brosnan jumps off it? No? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's tough because yeah. that's the only one that's not at night. Yeah, huh? They're all night scenes. Well, the Molly Maguire ones is during the day. Oh, uh, true. And if so, we would cut it fast enough, you won't be able to tell. But, and put it in black and white. I think it'd be okay. Yeah, we could fix it somehow. Anyway. Um, uh, Hubbard says... Oh, that was 20 years ago. I would have been 15. You're not 35. <laughs> um, but I love the sass. Uh, I have this as a quote, and I don't remember why. Go whoop whoop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have that in my notes, too. What's that from? If you must why go whoop. If you must go It was Poirot says that, and he's like, if you must go whoop whoop, whoop whoop. If you must go whoop whoop. Please go whoop whoop, not to windward, but to leeward, help him fear. 
Oh yeah, you're gonna go throw up. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go. Um, then he does the trick with the hat box, and I first thought, what is he doing with those pasta strainers that have big holes in them? I thought he was gonna put them in his shirt and like look <laughs> and use them as breasts. <laughs> I have. Tata- and look at me. <laughs> look at me. I have tatas now. <laughs> My nipples are holes. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I put that in my note as, as like, <laughs> why does he have fake boobs in his suitcase? Well, that's genius then, because I always have tough time moving my hats around. I have like I have a collection of fedoras that I like, and I never know how to travel with them. So I'm gonna get some and, like suitcase boobs. <laughs> for a second, for a second, I thought you were going with. I have trouble moving my boobs. <laughs> So I would think maybe wearing one of those. I'm, I'm a traveling boob salesman, you see. <laughs> but also, you have too many fedoras. This might be a good thing to put. Put. Those those little pasta strainer things. That might be a good thing to put where? In my fedora. Almost there. Almost there. Oh wait, hold on. Let me think about this. Where are we going? I'm trying to go. Where are we going? I'm I'm giving a shameless self promo to the oh, other podcast I do. Yeah, you could you could put them under the fedora. A Michael Jackson podcast. Oh, there we go. I I, I knew Woo! I knew you were going that way, but I was like, does he want me to say like to yeah. moonwalk my way to my <laughs> to my suitcase <laughs> to grab my fedora. Oh my god. To grab my to grab my pasta strainer. It's like, yeah, where do you keep your pasta strainer? Under my fedora. <laughs> A Michael Jackson. Oh, that's pocket. bad. <laughs> Alright, beat it, kid. <laughs> I'm not invincible here. Yeah, history. I remember the time. <laughs> I'm just thinking of other. <laughs> I use the pasta strainer under the fedora. Uh, man, this guy, whoever 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 murdered this guy is a real smooth criminal. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Turns out it was a Liberian girl. Um. Alrighty. Um, I loved that trick though. The the burning trick. That was really the cool. burning trick with with the hat. Uh, the hat box. Mm. The pasta strainers. <laughs> the pasta str- I have I have like and like this whole like. There's so much comedy in this that like hits so fast you might miss it. Mm. I had one where I wrote down um, when they're looking over the, they're, when they're this is when they're talking to. Um, the assistant McQueen mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh yeah. He had all these threatening notes and they're all like these like two word threats or like, you know, death will come, blah, blah, blah. And then as forever. So someone, I think, I think it was, I think, I think Poirot said it or his friend said it, uh, prepare to die. How brief. <laughs> just like, just like, Oh yeah. How brief. <laughs> That's so weird. And they're like written like shot, like a shoulder, like a child fucking wrote it. It was hilarious. Right. Like just little bits like that. And like this. So stu- many quick lines. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, and are you opening a dress shop? The scene, uh, the, with the Butler, uh, it's like, oh, what are you reading there? Blah blah blah. Oh, is it about I, sex? That was my next note. My next note is it about sex? No, it's about ten thirty. And I laughed. So I had to pause and laugh at that joke because that was so. And good. then the movie pauses and laughs at the joke. Yeah, it does. It cuts to Poirot just laughing, like that's good. About ten thirty, <laughs> that's good. I'm about to use that. 
That's a, a good one. Really good. Um, when Ingrid Bergman is recounting about her come to Jesus moment, she said, I saw Jesus in the sky. <laughs> you saw Jesus in the sky? Huh? <laughs> Third dime in the sky, we feel the vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, oh my God, diamonds are forever. It all ties back in. To James Bond. And look at this. Look at this. It all comes back around. The wheels on the train go round and round. Curiously. Mm. Round um, and round. Martin Balsam is great in this. Yes. He's very funny. He's just accusing everybody because <laughs> he wants it to be over. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to get out of here. <laughs> Which, man, that is stressful, too, because that, that, that big plot point of, like, the, the 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 fucking train is stuck in the middle of nowhere with a giant like snow pile and mm. there's a possible murderer on the train so like you would think that like slowly but surely someone's gonna die each hour or something like i feel like that's mm. the, that's i the thought tense. there was gonna be more murders yeah yeah so like that's when you're kind of like man they're really you know leaning on who who done it because even in like I think yeah, it was a glass onion. Yeah, glass onion. Like there's a, there's like a death almost each hour. Almost was well, like not many deaths. There's a couple. I'm not going to spoil that there, move, people. There's, but there's I think one or well, two. Well, ultimately, ultimately, the the death being solved in glass onion happened before the events of the movie. Yeah, they, they yeah they take it back to That's get to the a That's the murder point. that they're trying to solve, and then spoilers: nobody else gets murdered. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of. Oh wait, um, yes, yes, somebody does. Spoilers, sorry. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, so there is a murder. Yeah, and then yeah. To solve. Excuse yeah, me, I'm sorry. The other one. But um, I need to watch. I need to rewatch both that and Knives Out. Yeah, Knives Out. And Knives Out is a couple of casualties as well. So that's where it really, that one was like really tough to figure out. Like I, I had, uh, my main suspect ended up being the killer, but. I kept second guessing myself because more events in happened. Yeah, in uh, in Knives Out, uh, my my main my main guy who I person who uh, was accused. I was like, I think that's it's got to be them, but I'm like, no, that seems too obvious. And they really mm-hmm. they really put you around and say like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just gonna watch the movie and enjoy and not guess. <laughs> yeah, I need to rewatch both of those. So good. Did you see the trailer that was cut? Um, uh, uh, with both of those knives out and glass onion cut with the Muppets. Oh no, I heard about that. If I, I, I send the, uh, I'll, I'll send, watch I'm that after. Send it to you right now. <laughs> Poirot's mad laugh when the uh, when the nightgown with the oc- the octopusy nightgown yeah right uh, it's a dragon I, I believe but it looks like octopusy but when that nightgown falls on him and he just lets out this mad insane laugh <laughs> i love that and then that beautiful shot tilting you know looking down looking up and then tilting to look down really beautiful cinematography in this film was just phenomenal um then Sean Connery, the the interrogation with Sean Connery. That's our big Connery scene mm. with him and uh, Miss Debenham, right? 
Yes. yes. Mary Debenham. Vanessa Redgrave as Mary Debenham. Um, the only thing I've ever seen her in is the first Mission Impossible film as Max. Mm. I haven't really seen her in much else. Um, but I really like Sean Connery's interrogation scene. He plays it very cool until he doesn't, until he loses it. Um, he says that he was... He's traveling through land because he spent some time with a friend of his who is um, AOC. AOC. Adva- a- a- aircraft order. Uh, I have to go back to exactly to, to see the exact phrase. Um, hold on. It is. Air Commanding Officer. AOC. Hmm. Air Officer Commanding. But I just laugh because I'm, I, at least to me, uh, American politics. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Uh, Sean Connery is visiting his friend AOC. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> and then he loses his shit and he says, Miss Debenham is not a woman. That's not your mother. It's a man, baby. Sean Connery is huge. And then he just lifts... Jean-Pierre Cassel turns him around and gives him a punch in the face. Yes. Classic punch. Um, this is where my notes start to come to an end because the movie's kind of wrapping up here, but yeah. this is, you know, uh, uh, that's after- funny because that's where, because my last note is divorce story A plus because I just yes. love that. I was just, I really like locked in and I was like, okay, holy shit. You locked as somebody getting divorced. You just really locked in with yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, I'm oh man, kidding. I'm kidding. I was like, oh man, is this is this foreshadowing. Am I no? But um, <laughs> my wife's probably listening to this. I'm sorry, babe. I love you. I was kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but um, uh, no, just because uh, we t- often talk about performances, and we will soon, as we're drawing nearer to the end, about his performance. But like, yeah, just like we don't have a lot of him in it. But when you know, he he shows up in the background a lot. We see his face a lot. We don't forget that he's in the movie. Um, but yeah, I you think. can't you can't forget anybody's in this movie. As as I said earlier, he cast Connery so that he could then cast all these other stars, so that you wouldn't forget yeah. anybody. And you're really leaning on that because yeah, you're you're very because su- I'm I was sus of Connery at the beginning because of which is the same reason that everyone else is sus is because of him talking to her on the boat and saying like you know like oh not now not till this is behind mm. us and we're like mm. oh so maybe this is a plan maybe she did it he's helping or whatever and like then you know obviously we find out it's mm. everybody's doing it but like and before he spills the beans he leans into her and and whispers something in her ear and i'm guessing he's whispering like i'll go with the divorce story we said yeah that's what i was thinking too like it was like, we'll go we'll go to plan a or whatever um, but yeah, I think that's but that's like the breakout performance where I'm like, holy shit, this is a great. He's like, he's so good at monologuing. Like he's just. Well, I think plan. I'm sorry, you said Plan A. I think Plan A was what they did, uh, and then mm. they have to make up Plan B through Z because Poirot was not supposed to be on this train. Hmm. So. Perhaps yeah yeah because like. Uh, yeah, how how crazy is that? Because like I, I always assume that like maybe somebody knew he was going to show up, but like they they kind of like th- they, there is some nerve when they see him. They're like, oh well, crap, we're, we're going to go through with this. But we have like the greatest detective in the world on this train, so this is like yeah. very, <laughs> very very unfortunate. This is happening. Um, so should we get into that spoiler? Just we just should we reveal the? Uh... Yeah, might as well. I mean, ho- like I said, hopefully you guys are like listening. Um, uh, 
hopefully you guys are watching along. Unless they're gonna watch if it. You're, if you're listening at, at along with the podcast, hopefully you have seen the that's, film. That's what I meant to say. Because there's a lot here to spoil. So, should we get just get into spoilers? Yeah, let's hit it. It's a good thing that dude is still asleep because I can't imagine. He doesn't seem like the type that would watch a lot of films. Yeah, he might have not seen this I movie. mean, like he literally is just dressed like he's from 1964. So I can't imagine he would have seen this film, let alone many films. I, I spoiled um, Empire for him. It doesn't come out in like another like. He's decade. asleep. He doesn't. He's, thankfully. I mean, watch Squish's cheek. Squish. Yeah, look at that. He's, he stopped making the noise that he was doing earlier. He's still squishing, though. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> so spoilers from here on forward um there were 12 stab wounds in the body and in ratchet's body and uh they it was discovered that he was drugged with sleeping pills like a powder um right? yes so you know what i'll just read through the wiki the second uh, okay. Uh, Poirot gathers the suspects and describes two solutions to the murder. He advises them to not autom- automatically dismiss either. The first suggests Cassetti Ratchet. His murder was a mafia feud killing. An unknown man disguised himself as a conductor, stabbed Ratchet and Cassetti, and disregarding the uniform coat with the undetected assailant escaping from the train through the snow. This is rejected by Bianchi and Dr. Constantine as absurd, but Poirot tells them they may reconsider that option. The second, more complex and far-reaching solution links all the suspects in the coach to the Armstrong case. In addition to self-incriminating revelations, Poirot had managed to extract from Hardman, McQueen, Schmidt, and the Princess. The detective has deduced that Countess Elena is actually Mrs. Armstrong's younger sister, Helena, with an H. The princess claimed the Armstrong secretary was a Miss Freebody. This is, in fact, Mary Debenham, from freely associated from the well-known British department store at the time known as Debenhams and Freebody. Beddoes was Armstrong's butler in the army. Greta Olson was Daisy's nursemaid. Colonel Arbuthot was a close friend of Armstrong. Foscarelli was the family's chauffeur. Chauffeur? Chauffeur? <laughs> Foscarelli was the family's chauffeur. Pierre was Paulette's father. Hardman was a policeman in love with Paulette. And Mrs. Hubbard is, in fact, Linda Arden, Mrs. Armstrong's mother, and arguably the brains behind the whole plan. McQueen had drugged Cassetti, rendering him unconscious and allowing the conspirators to murder him jointly. Uh, the Adrenies stabbing together, that's Michael York and um, uh, Helena, Stabbing together, totaling 12, the complement of a typical jury. Wounds of differing damage. The scream and broken watch were provided by McQueen to persuade Poirot that the murder had occurred earlier when the other suspects were in the clear. In fact, the suspects joined to commit the murder once Poirot had returned to sleep after 2 o'clock. The only passengers not involved in the murder are Signor Bianchi and Dr. Constantine. Poirot asks Bianchi to choose one solution before the train is freed from the snowdrift, but admits that the Yugoslavian police will much prefer the simple one. Bianchi, in sympathy with the, su- with the suspects after learning how evil Cassetti was, proposes the first solution, and Dr. Constantine and Poirot agree, although he will struggle with his conscience. 
The train then, somewhat symbolically, is freed from the snowdrift and resumes its journey. Hmm. All right. And then everyone, that beautiful long shot of everyone toasting uh, Lauren Bacall and Jacqueline Bissett, because everyone can be honest now. Everybody can be themselves. You know? Hmm. They don't have to hide. They, they put on this whole ruse because Poirot is there. Hmm. So. And he's and now, he's so, like, that scene. I, I love that because, you know, we, we get that. You, you, we talk about um, Daniel Craig in Knives Out, um, how it's inspired because you get that. No, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> Um, but like I, I love that the classic whodunit scene where everyone's in the same room and the detective is just taking it out and he's like, so so this person was in this room at this time and then this is and he's breaking it all down and like it just you, you see all the connections where stuff like that I missed where I'm like yes that person's connected there and that's like I love that scene and you see like the the terror in all their faces when they're like shit he's getting closer he's getting there he's getting he's connecting the links it's insane mm-hmm. he put you know, he puts all the evidence down the gun the the key everything else. And it, it's frightening, and it's it's so good. I just I, I, I love that about whodunits, where how how intense it is, and like I'm like getting excited because I'm like I'm like oh he's getting there, he's gonna figure it out. Um. Uh, so this was the first adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express, um, and I think this. So you know you were saying you missed these things. And I think part of part of the trick of it. One, it's a well-written mystery, but also part of the trick of it is casting so many well-known actors that you get caught up in the spectacle, you know? Mm. Um, also, Debenhams was a British department store chain. It was a real place. Anyway, but yeah, you're caught up in just how many amazing actors there are and just taking in these beautiful performances that you tend to miss plot points that, of course, Poirot is catching anyway. Like, I wouldn't have known... Um, uh, like uh, make a long distance call to my lawyers in, uh, from a British person person would have been uh, make a trunk call to my solicitors. Right. You know what I mean? Little things like that where I wouldn't have known that. Mm. Um, and uh, hi, Alicia. He caught you. <laughs> um, You're doing things? Not you just you shot that. Britt just gave me a crash course in product product photos. Yes, that's beautiful. You shot it. It's dead. It's dead. So they will promote us on the podcast. Yeah, what do we got here? She's starting her own uh, business because, like, for the wedding, she made all like the little props and stuff that we had on the uh, table centerpieces, like potion bottles. So she's like been inspired to do a shop. So yeah, you might be our first sponsor. Who knows? (laughs) Awesome. Payday. Payday. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Good to see you. Bye, Alicia. All right. Sorry about that. Where were you? No, no sorries. Um, but, yeah, you're just so distracted. Oh, um, I was just so distracted. But uh, it reminds me of Inglorious Bastards. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. So when um, uh, Michael Fassbender... Um, puts up his hand to show the number three and he does that incorrectly. Oh, yeah. For the, yeah. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm like, oh, oh wow. Yeah, of course other cultures would indicate three in a different way. 
you know? Mm. So, uh, and those little things are definitely easier to miss, but there was, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I found myself kicking myself. Like, how did I not even catch that? Um, mm. But definitely, uh, and uh, there were cultural things as well, like um, when Finney calls out uh, Hildegard Schmidt, so you're a good cook, right? And she said, yes, all my ladies love my cooking. And that's when he figures it out. I didn't know what he was figuring out, but then he reveals it. He's like, okay, as a as a uh, ladies' maid, you wouldn't be cooking for them. Mm. And I have to go, okay, what year is this taking place in? Um, 30 35, December 1935. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, okay, d- does a lady's maid not cook? I guess not. I guess a cook would cook and the lady's maid would wait on the lady. Um, mm. I don't I don't know. Uh, you good? Yeah, sorry. Just like bananas. Things are things are getting bananas. But it's fine. It's fine. We're towards the end anyway. Who's, who's getting the bananas? There's, uh, I, I might be getting... picking up bananas? I might be getting the bananas. Why? What's up? With, oh, no, you, no. Do you like bananas? I, I love bananas. It's always good to have potassium, especially with my health. I don't really like bananas that much. Me either. I like yeah. banana bread. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual, uh, that's like, I feel like it's true for a lot of things. Like, there's very little, I don't like the actual fruit or vegetable, but if it's like mixed in a different way. Like, I'm not crazy about spinach by itself, but spinach in a calzone is great. Mm. I agree. Mm. Spinach on uh, and pasta or pizza or something. Right. Mm. Mm. I, I do like spinach by itself, actually. I prefer sp- to eat a spinach salad than to cook the spinach. I, I, I like I like the spinach cooked rather than than, than raw. This is why this podcast works. Because we, we are yeah we we are we are just two cooked spinaches making a podcast. Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. That's us. Precisely. <laughs> Except it's spinach. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. S- uh, any more notes that I have? Um, Finney just fucking kills it for the last half hour of the film. He's a maniac. I love it. I mean, he kills it in the whole film. He is the star of this film. But just the long reveal, as I said, 27 minutes. Um, uh, the final scene in which Poirot relays, relates his solution to the crime had to be shot countless times as it required more angles than could be captured in a single take and more cameras than could fit on the confining dining car set. Mm. The multiple takes were especially challenging for Finney, whose uninterrupted monologue was eight pages long, but many cast members recalled, later recalled the tedium of sitting motionless for so long, maintaining their physical posturing for continuity, bolstered only by their professional drive to provide support for Finney's tour de force. Mm. He, it really is. That, that is the star of the film, is Finney just laying it out. Though Ingrid Bergman did win a, an Oscar for her performance, which was very good. She was very good. Born backwards. Born backwards. <laughs> and, uh, I, like, little things, uh, one of the little things I noticed, which Poirot then called out later, he's like, you don't understand a lot of English words, but you know what emolument means? Yeah. <laughs> I had to look up what emolument means. Yeah, it's right. a It's a payment. Like, uh, I'm going to get this right. Hold on. Emolument? Emolument. A salary, fee, or profit from employment or office. So, a pay, a payment. Uh, so, she knows what that means, but she doesn't know 
I was born backwards to teach little brown babies. Like, <laughs> so it, I think that that's when Poirot picks it up. Okay, she's part of this too. Um, mm. Yeah, her her performance was really good. Also, I was uh, rewatching The Godfather recently. There's the line where. Um, uh, uh, Diane Keaton says, "Would you like me more if I was Ingrid Bergman?" And uh, uh, Pacino as Michael Corleone goes, "Now there's a thought," and that's right as they walk by the newspaper that says the veto is shot, and and Kay is like, "Michael," Michael goes, "No, I would not think you were more. I, I would not like you better if you were Ingrid Bergman." Um, but then I looked it up, and I'm. You know, I'm looking her in this movie, and she's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And then I look at her as a younger woman. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, star, absolute Hollywood icon. So, um, that's Ingrid Bergman. As oh yeah, she's beautiful, absolute gorgeous, um, and absolutely incredible in this film. Um. And I guess my my final notes are that York is brutal with his stabbing. The way he, like, forces his wife to do it. But it's, I don't know, it was good. It was like, this is for the pain you've caused my wife. But it's also still pretty brutal. Like, she doesn't want to do it, man. Maybe maybe you just go ahead and do it. Um, There's also a moment where... Um, John Gielgud, another great actor, another all-time great, as uh, Beddoes. Um, he takes a stab, and then he is about to hand the knife to Cassell as Pierre, the the doorman there. And I, the, I can see it in their eyes that it's a mess up. Like, um, Gielgud is not supposed to give it to Cassell, and Cassell just gives him a little hint with his eyes. Like, no, no, turn around, give it to that guy. <laughs> Um, so little film flubs, but it, it makes the take more powerful, I think, because he's just so overwhelmed with emotion. Um, uh, and then my final note is train plow heart. Mm. That train plow is really cool. I just thought it was just really cool watching the train plow snow. <laughs> yeah, just and that, the whole thing. Ultimately, all the snow being knocked over at the end was kind of like relieving, like a pimple you finally popped. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering the whole time. It's like, I was wondering how they were going to do it. I I assumed that the train would just like back up a few miles and there <laughs> and was just like. Speed forward. <laughs> <laughs> nope, try it again. And then the whole movie just, they keep trying to bang into the snow bank. But no, I did. I, I was like. Aren't People they? just keep getting thrown out of the front window <laughs> from the impact. <laughs> At the time, the suspects keep dying. It's just like they keep, they keep leaving. Uh, but no, and I, then it cuts to John Wayne, like, I don't want that body hanging there. Go get it. <laughs> I don't want that be- hanging over there on the icicle. Come on, get it down from there. Uh, but no, I assume that they were just going to, like, back up the train, like, a few hours. It's like a cross, a switch track, and, like, the plow would come through and clear the track. But, like, no, it's coming from the front. I'm like, yeah. isn't that going to push the snow against the Orient Express? But, I mean, it worked, however it, it clear, worked. It just clears enough space for them both to get Because it kind of goes separate. Like, it's, it, it's enough that the, the two ramps on the side that kind of yeah. help really separate it, which is, yeah, It's very, that arrow shape. Yeah, so it's very, 
very pleasing when you see the last bit like ah there it is nice yes it's like yes. it's like seeing, watching a car getting cleaned on TikTok. That's, that's my new that's my TikTok yeah. feed is dogs, guitars, and like people cleaning stuff, like old huh. things. And it's like so satisfying. I love that. <laughs> like one of my favorite games of all time is Power Wash Simulator, where you just clean houses and ca and cars. And then like Alicia always makes fun of me. He's like, "Why don't you just do it at the actual house?" And I'm like, "Nah, this is more fun. This is you can make money that way." True, but you can also make fake money in this game. And, <laughs> and at one point, there's like fun missions where you can go on the moon and you clean a, a moon rover. Like, oh my god! And you can clean like a dinosaur statue. But the the water just starts floating away. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just it just somehow <laughs> gravity just it's 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 this it's the moon landing scene from Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. <laughs> and the rover comes through the, the wall and then. And scared. everyone's driving and uh, walking at like one mile an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, get him. And that's my favorite part of that movie. We'll talk about it when the movie comes out, but how mm. they're chasing after him, but they still keep the gimmick of being in low in gravity. Slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> get him. Uh, and what are they trying to say there? Are they saying that the moon landing was faked? Or are they, or are they just saying, like, what are they saying with that? Say it again? I don't know. We'll get, we'll get to it when we get to diamonds. Hmm. Wait, what did you say? No, what did you say? I miss. I, you, you cut out for me for a second. Oh, I was just wondering what they're trying to say by having that fake moon moon landing set, like mm. in that movie. Is it a is it a sting on or is it a burn on the the U.S. government or something? Like you faked the moon landing, or Maybe. is it saying that the moon landing was faked? I don't think the moon landing was faked, but but Ian Fleming did. I say. That's why he wrote it in Diamonds of Forever. <laughs> Diamonds of Forever. And, and then Blofeld is dressed as a woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from the last Conor uh, Curious, James Bonding, our sister podcast, <laughs> our brother podcast, was they talk about Goldfinger. It's like, oh, what do you think about Goldfinger? Oh, I died during the making of that, you see. <laughs> How are you I don't know if they now? would consider us relatives in any sense. No, we're distant relatives. <laughs> We're like that. We're like that. The, the cousin that shows up that you don't want at the party. It's like, yeah, we're t we're definitely related. Come on now. We're like, I don't know. Speaking of people that weren't wanted at the party, Poirot <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I think the whole thing would have just gone smoothly if Poirot wasn't there. Everyone had to like. That's why all these weird clues were just left around, like because it was they were scrambling. They were scrambling to cover up with a cover story that they didn't need, because they weren't expecting. Poirot to be on the train and that's what that disembodied 80 yard voice says at 150 45 you know <laughs> they weren't expecting you to be on the train and Poirot says yeah exactly I was hoping for somebody else to say that besides myself which also made me think maybe is that ADR voice supposed to represent the audience mm. anyway so that's I'm, I'm out of notes here me too uh, I think we're, I, uh, we're, we're, we've reached I think the end of the film yeah so well, we got we got some time in here. We're about one forty five in ish. Yeah, so I guess we can like discuss our our scores here. I guess so. Yeah. So I think uh we'll have you start with you. I think you started last time. Uh, well my I started uh, last time. My for the audience, of course, uh, if this is your first time sorry, here. I just lost my train of thought. I'll say, I'll say, if you guys are here for the first time, uh, at the end of each film, we give two ratings. We rate the film itself, and of course, the man behind the podcast, Sean Connery, we also rate his performance in the film. He is the man behind the podcast. He's, um, 
he didn't die. <laughs> sometimes the man he in went, the podcast he'll show up. He sometimes. went to hiding and and started this podcast. Yes, and we just record it for him, and he he he, he edits the podcast mm. on his Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's an H on that one. It's I don't a, even have to pretend it. It's, it's a, not a Macintosh computer. It's a Macintosh. Oh, it sounds, you had a little Roger Moore there. Oh yes, Q. It's a it's Mac. It's not a Macintosh computer, Q. It's a. It's a Macintosh, Q. Not a banana. That's my favorite. I don't know why. I always quote that. It's like so. It's a nose, Q. Not a banana. I don't know why. I always come to that quote. <laughs> what, what were you talking about, bananas? Just ten minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we're a lot of. This is banana curious. Huh. All right. Well, our two ratings. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I, w- I would like you to go first. You'd like me to go first. Okay. Which would which rating would you like first? Give me the film. The film. Okay. I loved this film. I could show this film to anybody, and I had a great great time watching it. And I would easily watch it again, which is why Mario. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Nice. Let me pull up the document here to write these down. So 10 out of 10 for me for the film. Uh, you know what? You go ahead and give your f- I think we should give film, film, Sean, Sean. Okay. Uh, Dylan, I think I got to uh, agree with you. Uh, I think I got to give it a 10 because, man, this film was so much fun. And don't do it on my account. No, I got to do it on my account as well because yeah, I was I was really pleased with it. There was no like part of it where I was kind of like, oh, that could have been done better. That could have been here. That could have been there. I just I, it was a great time. And the, for the first time, I think I mean I mean yeah, we had films we we enjoyed too, but this was the one where I kind of was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, I, I wanted agree. I wanted some more. I wouldn't mind kill to, like, somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Go for another two hours and have him solve another mystery at the train station or something. Uh, but no, yeah, it was just really fun and like I had a, a great Murder time. Murder off the Orient Express. Yeah, that's that should be a sequel <laughs> off the Orient Express. Uh, moments after, it's 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 like it's like it's like it's like Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace. It takes place moments after the first All movie. Right. Um, but yeah, dude. Oh, no, really... not again. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just really uh, enjoyed it. I think uh, story wise, it's great. Uh, cinematography wise, amazing. I uh, really believed it. Nothing took me out of the movie. I really believed they were in that mountain range stuck and just the, all the tense moments and I had a blast with it. So, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a solid 10 as well. Hell yes. So a 10 from you, a 10 from me on the film. You'd watch it again? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get into our Sean ratings. All right. You want to go first you want me to go first? I'll have you go first, like, as we did for the first rating. I'm giving him a 10. Hell yeah, 10. What's your reasoning for it? He was great. He's only in a couple minutes. The same thing I did for The Longest Day. You know, he was only in it for a couple of minutes. The same. The, the difference with, with The Longest Day was I wasn't enjoying that film. I was loving this film. But he is perfect in it. Every line he does, perfectly delivered. Every action, perfect. He is not in it much, but when he is, he is great and i love watching him and when it finally came time for arbuthnot's um interrogation i was happy and when that interrogation bled over into the interrogation of debenham um and he like loses his shit and and it becomes more connery 
more scene, uh, more of a scene with Connery. You know what I mean? I, like, okay, I thought my big Connery scene was over, but he's lingering into this one too. It was just, it just made me so happy. And then he lifts up Jean Pierre Cassell and just punches him in the face. <laughs> uh, or is it Jean? Well, hold on. Sure, I have that right. Yes, Jean Pierre Cassell as Pierre. Uh, and I, w- I was shocked. No, no cliche punch sound effect. There was. It was a decent little punch sound. It wasn't, wasn't as loud as you would hear, like in a in a Bond film, for example. Like, no, you know, no. which I, I kind of want to edit that in because it's, that always makes me laugh. <laughs> and for a quick, <laughs> a, a little joke I had in my head was that was the most action we saw with Connery in this movie. So I yes. want I want it to be a quick clip of the beginning of the 007 theme and it stops <laughs> after he picks the punch. Bum, 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 bum. Then he hits it, and then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's really the only spot it could go. Um, or like any of the happy music where the train is going. The train is just chugging along, you know? You could have that theme there. Mm. Any shot of the train moving. All right. Well, that's my Sean rating, 10 out of 10. What are you giving him? Um, I got to give him... I think because my biggest factors going in is like, you know, amount of time we saw him in uh, wasn't a ton. But when we did have him on on screen, uh, he was great. I think he was fantastic. And believe it or not, this might be a first, a Connery Curious first. I think I am also going to give him a 10. You sure? Yes. He was so good in this, so compelling. And like, you know, he because like scores that bring down Connery... um, scores uh, uh th- factors are just like you know him being there him being you know present uh how he is as a character you know we despised him in avengers and other a couple other films action of the tiger. tiger uh because you know of the you know not, not because of the little time he was in but just like how he was as a person we didn't like it, it was very uncomfortable you get that kind of weird thing when when he's making out with the girl at the beginning we're kind of like mm, this is not gonna be weird is it no it's fine they're just in love no they're yeah they're actually well i don't do you think they're in love i think so yeah i think they're in love yeah, yeah. he's like he's like i want to marry her like that's the you thing think their divorce story is real I think it's got to be maybe maybe a cover up. Who knows? But but with that being said, uh, yeah, I just think his performance is great. Um, He's just fantastic. He is eating scenery when he's on 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 the camera. Like you know, because when we're going through his interrogation scenes, I'm like, oh man, when's he gonna when's he gonna show up? And he was the one where I was like, man, he is fantastic, and I am excited to see him again. It's kind of like coming back to. Uh, longest longest day when you see him you're so excited to see him like oh thank god you're still here uh mm. so i think that's the factor and a uh, reason why we started this podcast because we love him so much and i loved him in this uh so that being said uh 10 for me for connery double 10 damn well yeah that is the first for this podcast <laughs> he's got an average of 10 across the board and also um for final rating um the sh is a six i'd say hmm does the sh what would you put that at yeah probably a six because he really is kind of leaning on because he is english in this as yeah. his character so he really was more english so he didn't s h as much so I, i'd probably put in that five five or six i would give him a five okay i dig it i dig it all right mario that means uh we have reviewed the film we have rated the film we have rated sean connery and now it's time for what we do every week 
Is it your turn? Is it my turn? I always forget. I th- Literally, I, always. Forget. I think it's mine, actually. I think it is your turn. So that that being said, let me pull it up real quick. Pull it up. Share your screen. Pull it up, pull it up. And make sure Murder on the Orient Express has been removed. Something's yes. always going on with that. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. Not removing the last one. It's funny because, like I said, we just did the um, we did a giveaway on friggin' nerds, and we also used Wheel of Names, and uh, that was a very bananas one. We had over four hundred six. That's four hundred six entries so that was a very scary wheel hmm. um but yeah for some reason when it seems like when you another person logs in it doesn't save properly but you have to like kind of reload it it's interesting hmm. but i'm checking in right now murder 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 i don't think it's are here. they in alphabetical order so? oh, oh here no, it's sort them in alphabetical order nope we're good it's off no no it's right here i see it oh, okay yeah see it's weird it's like shows up for okay hmm. so there we go it's not on mine but it's on yours all right, share that screen, uh, my friend. All right, so me. Bleep, 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 bleep. Riveting, riveting, riveting podcast, podcast. <laughs> all right, here it is. Can you see it? I can. All righty. Okay, so as you guys know, each week we pull out the Wheel of Curiosities to spin for our next Connery film in Connery Curious history. So with that being said, the next. Mario. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I got, we got to do the thing. So it's time, Dylan, to spin the wheel of curiosity the next man we were so close to russia with love we were so close oh was the next one oh my gosh bridge too far was under that the next man well that's funny actually um did you shuffle the list beforehand no, I just opened it to wherever it was. It was just like that when I got in there. Yeah, shuffle it each time we do it. But, I mean, it still looks shuffled, but I try to give it a shuffle every time we spin mm. it. Because um, it was on the wheel there. It was right next to A Bridge Too Far, which is the next film after it. Oh, interesting. Um, the Next Man, also known as The Arab Conspiracy or Double Hit, is a 1976 American political action thriller film starring Sean Connery, Adolfo Celli from Thunderball, mm. Cornelia Sharp, and Charles Cioffi. Choffi? Um, yeah, Adolfo Celli plays um, uh, uh, Largo in Thunderball. That's right. Um, critical reaction as at its opening was not positive. Mm-mm. Oh, boy. All righty, well. Huh. Directed by Richard C. Serafin. Hmm. All righty, well, I guess production. Connery's casting was announced in January 1976. That's it. That's (laughs) how the film was produced. We cast Connery, and then it exists. That's it. All righty, well... It looks like our next film is 1976's The Next Man. So we would jump from 74 to 76. There it is. And, of course, we always tell you guys to check your local libraries to rent it. But if you guys don't uh, find it there, you can also stay at home and rent it through Prime Video for a whopping two ninety nine. And and I think that was else? I think that was it. Yeah, I don't see anything else. Let me double check. Let me hit watch movie here. Um, yeah, man. yeah. I'm always seeing Prime yeah. Video. 
Yep, and Prime Video, that's it. So Prime Video and check you your rent it for three dollars. You can buy it for five. And if you're crazy, you can go to find the uh, Blu-ray somewhere. Some Blu-rays I think are around. Let me mm. see. For example, for funsies, that they're like, oh geez, they're very uh, pricey. That's a twenty-two dollar Blu-ray. Mm. Um, but I hope it's a good movie. Yes, yeah, same. I mean, if sort of the Valiant Blu-ray is going for forty-five. Yeah, well, that's you know. that, that's deserving. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, this film's got to be at least half as good as Sword of the Valiant. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right. Well, Mario, Dylan. So, did you forget who I was? I, yeah, I almost called you. I almost called you Shirley. <laughs> Wait, hey, speaking of Shirley, speaking of Shirley, we got to check on Sean. Oh, Sean. I mean, he's definitely dead, but we should poke him. Oh, this guy's still asleep. Let's well, sneak over back to the other car because we had him in the other car. Let's go, let's go check yeah, that out. Let's, excuse me. Yeah, let's, let's squish his face one more time before we go. Squish. Awesome. Um, okay. Let's open the door here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Everyone's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, it, it's, this has been multiple murders on the Orient Express. I think we'll just go back here with this guy sleeping oh my god there's another guy in here and he's eating a watermelon what is going on this is a train this train is madness mario is that, i think is that red grant oh my god it's all right i propose an idea yes we either well it's a it's a it's two options we either get off this train right now or we take over this train it'll be the first great train robbery what do you say let's do it we'll I be time bandits Okay, let's do that. And we'll I hold this train for ransom. That'll be the real offense. And let's go, you know what? Let's go to another car and bring our let's bring our equipment with us. We'll record the next episode in the next car. I think we do that. Let's do that. The next man in the next cart. The next, the next cart. Perfect. All right, let's do that. So we'll stay on the train, but we also won't rob it. Exactly. Yeah, we'll do okay. this. We'll just, we're going to podcast from each train car. Okay, and we'll hope that we don't get murdered. Yes. Because there's be. definitely a murderer on the Orange Express, just just slaughtering wholesale. Yeah, and hopefully we can find like another. We might find out if we, if we land on a on a movie with a guest. Hopefully that guest is on this train because that's gonna be awkward. How are we gonna contact our guest? This is 1930, but you know there's no phones. Yeah. Well, and we get to hope that they're at that station. Yeah. So we gotta try the to next get, station. I mean, what time? Yeah. What time is the plow gonna get here? We've been stuck on this this ice chasm. Oh look, there's Homer Simpson. Oh, Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. All right, I think I've uh, worn out my improvisational energy here. Let's just go into the next train car, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, All right. Connery Curiosity people, is that what we call them? Curious Conneries? Yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the next stop. The next stop. So, until then, I've been Mario Lima. And I've been Dylan Titus. And as always, stay curious. Listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Frigginers Media podcast. Follow us on social media for updates, memes, and clips. Find us on Twitter at CuriousPod007 and on Instagram at Connery Curious. You can also visit Titus Compositions at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. 
For more discussion and content about your favorite films, comics, games, and a network for all things nerdy, visit Friggin' Nerds Media on Twitter, at Friggin' Nerds. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach the other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us, and have a great day. But also, remember, stay curious. Shop. No.